caught up with his ratchet on my tail this is a true story, everybody with me loaded True story, I don't think they ever noticed True story, I'm gonna hide in my emotions Welcome back to Sell It With Bell, episode 34, where we continue to build perspective and knowledge through the stories of our guests. I'm your host, Brad Bell, and today we're joined by the man, Isaiah Gibbons. Man, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? Good, man. It's a beautiful day outside. I'm wearing the shorts. You know, I had to bring out the shorts first time on the pod. It's never too early for shorts. I think I wore shorts in March. <laughs> you know, I try to hide my calves because I can't lie. I've been skipping leg day at the gym oh, recently. Yeah. No, no, no. I've been to the gym in a minute, so I got to get back there. <laughs> of course. Man, uh, Huge, huge. I appreciate you hugely for just taking the time to come on the podcast and, you know, chat it up. Sweet, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you guys having me out here. So can't wait to hang out and chat. This guy, I mean, you could just tell by looking at him. He looks like a drummer boy. He looks like a drummer boy. This guy. Oh, man. <laughs> this guy resides on the on the seat where he's banging snares, hi-hats. Yes, sir. That's where you find your peace. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. Uh, I love drumming. Been drumming since I was pretty much a young kid since I was born almost. <laughs> um, I started drumming when I was two and uh, from there just made it a career. Two years old. Yeah. Man, how do you even like, how do you get drums at two years old? Did you have like a little mini set? Yeah, it was quite random and crazy, but uh, it was actually my grandfather, my late grandfather, Elmore Daisy, who uh, discovered me just kind of banging on pots and pans in his kitchen. And uh, he told my dad and uh Got a drum kit, this like a little one piece kind of drum kit that had um, like a kick on it, a snare attached to it and like a little cymbal when I was two years old and uh, banged on that. I think I broke it. My dad, I think, got me another one. And then my dad got me like a full size kit when I was four years old. And there's a bunch of pictures of me. You can't even see me behind that kit. Holy <laughs> that big kit. And uh, I actually still have that to this day. So good 22 years with that kit. Maybe we'll throw up a picture of that, actually. Yeah. Um, that's crazy, though. Pots and pans, like pots right, and pans, right, yeah. right out the womb. You just got handed pots and pans. And you yeah. started being a rackets around the house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thankfully, you know, my parents, my parents allowed me to continue playing drums because, you know, not everybody, you know, allows that to happen because it's a loud instrument. And my dad, actually, that was his first instrument was drums. And then uh, after he broke his first drum kit, uh, my grandparents, they didn't get him another one. So I'm grateful that my, my dad and my mom, they got me another drum kit. And from there, I just continue music. Now, when you're that young, obviously, you could probably, you probably had an idea that you really like drumming since you were doing it that young. Yep. But oftentimes, like people go through fluctuations, they're not sure what they like. So oh, yeah. when you were this young and you, you enjoyed drumming, what were kind of the other things you were going through in terms of interest as you grew up? Oh, yeah. Good question, man. Because uh, I'm really, really into sports. Um, huge Lee fan, huge Raptors fan. I see you post about Raptors <laughs> all the time. Massive, massive fan. So, uh, yeah, so sports was like the other kind of thing in my life. Um, since I was a young age, I played soccer, played baseball, played basketball. I was in tennis camps, played a little bit of cricket during summer, which was fun. Um, but I was really, really focused on basketball as well. Um, so I played basketball, elementary school, high school, um, and I think at about the age of like 13, 14, so when I started high school, grade nine, um, I was really kind of in between if I wanted to do music, like pursue, pursue music or pursue like basketball or sports, right? And um, it was actually uh, an experience that I had in grade nine. Uh, my former high school teacher, Nuno DeCastro, shout out to Mr. DeCastro, um, 
he basically hit me up right when grade nine started in September, 2010, I remember. And uh, he was like, hey, the school's doing a musical, um, just, uh, Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat, and I want you to be the drummer for that musical, being the pit band. So we basically um, rehearsed from September of that year until March of 2011, and that's when the shows were. And that whole experience, just doing that, being in the pit band, rehearsing, doing music all the time, um, basically kind of made up my mind on, hey, I want to do music um, for the rest of my life. And I actually, like, I went to an arts high school, Iona. So that's where I got that experience. And uh, yeah, from there in grade nine, I think I made that decision to pursue music. Okay, so in a way, you were kind of blessed, as in you kind of, you know, you were comfortable in your path from, say, an early age. I mean, grade nine, you're still very young, going through all these different yeah. types of emotions. You're in, a, you're in a scene where you're meeting a bunch of new people. Yep. You're kind of dragged into a whole bunch of different circumstances. But, you know, you... It's just intriguing that you were able to stick to something that early because I know myself, I was going through a bunch of different things like, you know, trial and error with a bunch of different yeah. things before I just like actually stuck to something like this podcast, for yeah. instance. It's, it's kind of crazy because a lot of people tell me that um, I'm kind of lucky and blessed that I kind of had a path for me like really early in life. And I always kind of like to talk to people about, you know, that's kind of rare kind of thing. So it's hard for me to, to talk from experience of like not knowing what to do, but also just getting the experience of knowing what I want to do. Thankfully, it was at an early age, but knowing what I want to do and putting all of my you know heart and soul into it um, to just do it. So that's like the kind of the inspiration that I can give people is just once you find that thing, no matter if it's at 12 years old or 30 years old, put your mind to it, put your passion to it, to your, put your heart to it and just do it. Right. And that early on when you're you know, diving into the music, whatever it may be, playing the drums, piano. I yep. mean, there's still obviously a lot of skills you have to learn to just be comfortable in like your own skin being oh, yeah. where you are. Mm -hmm. Did you ever question that for yourself? Were you ever just like, is music really for me and just not really understand it fully? Um, there wasn't like a total, you know, I guess left. <laughs> it's just like, I'm never doing music anymore. Right. Um, but there were times when I was younger, um, when I was like, oh man, like this is really hard. So there's one instance, actually, um, I think I was in grade eight, where there's a drummer called Vinny Caliuta. He's very, um, he's a crazy drummer, crazy fast, double kicks and all this kind of stuff. So I was learning um, one of his songs called I'm Tweaked. And uh, this was when I was 14 years old. And I was supposed to do it, I think, either for a recital or for a competition at the music school I was going to um, called Merriam School Music um, outside of like my regular school. Um, and I remember I was supposed to do it. I think I was supposed to perform it in February of 2010. And I think I was practicing it for a couple months and I literally like couldn't get down what the, because I had to pretty much play what the drums played on the song and I couldn't get it down. I was getting frustrated. I remember I was crying and stuff, you know, young kid. And I like, I almost kind of gave up. Well, I kind of gave up at that moment where I was like, I can't do this right now. So I gave up on it not doing it in February, but my dad, my teacher kind of like encouraged me, Hey man, you can try it out. Maybe do it for like the competition that happens every June. So buckled down, basically just like, Hey, I can do this. got the skill set. It's just got to keep practicing and put your mind to it. So I feel like that was like one of the um, instances where I was like, kind of felt down on my drumming skills and, and just doing music. But um, I can't really think of like any time else that I was like, Hey, I don't know if I can, if I want to do music, 
thankfully it's been like the thing for me right now when you left and came back to drumming to give it another shot mm -hmm. was there certain characteristic traits you had to um acquire before you know taking it to the next level like for instance self-discipline and perseverance it seems like you maybe had to acquire those things when you were self-doubting yourself and to go even further than you yeah. were no 100 percent. like i was just you know i was still young but um there was like something in me and honestly it was a lot of the people around me like my family who always has believed in me since I was a kid doing drumming um, and the teacher that I had that was um, helping me do this song. Um, it was more like that way um, where it was just outside people that were really helping me out. And then I guess within myself, I was just like, Hey man, you can do this. Just keep doing it. Like keep going. You're not, you don't have to rush this. Even if you can't do it, at least down the road, like you know that you'll be able to do it. Um, so I feel like that age and that, experience gave me the hey down the road when you're 20 21 22 um if you can't do something there's no can't you can always try and do something so it's just a matter of getting it down practicing it maybe taking it slow maybe four bars you start practicing at the beginning another four bars and putting that together so yeah a lot of self-discipline for sure Right. You know, I'm, I'm truly glad you're the musician here because back in grade seven, I was uh, playing piano. I remember yes, music class. The first song I learned was Hot Cross Buns, you know, like three, three, oh, yeah. three little chords. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, I would actually hide under the piano stand for my teacher. Ooh. My my class was so bad. It came to the point where my grade seven teacher, they actually, she cried. She started crying because no one wanted to play. Oh, no. And meanwhile, I'm playing Clash of Clans under the piano. Oh, no. <laughs> that's crazy, yo. Yeah, it was good memories, man. Oh, man you know after high school what, what happened there did you go to college or such sort yeah yeah so uh i went to humber college um i think just down the street from here right lakeshore campus and uh pursued that for four years did the degree program there um but i actually during elementary school and high school um i went to two schools including humber so humber had like the saturday program for jazz and uh it was for kids i think from like age three till 18 till they graduate high school and um you know you play jazz you learn jazz and stuff you do performances throughout the year um and then you get to go to this thing called music fest which is like a not really a competition but like kind of like a grading kind of thing um for like different music schools throughout canada and uh so i got to do that every year and i did that program the humber community program for eight years and then i did i went to merriam school of music out in oakville which is another like outside of school um thing and uh, I did my one-on-one -on -one lessons there. And I also kind of learned how to like play with bands and kind of stuff like that too. Um, so I did those two things and it was just an easy transition for me to go to Humber because all of the Humber community um, classrooms were the same ones as the ones in post-secondary school. So I basically went to Humber for like 12 years <laughs> from age Damn. 10 to 22. Um, so it was just an easy kind of transition to go to Humber. Um, I knew a lot of the profs there already or the teachers um, and I knew some friends that are always there, uh, that were going there as well. Um, I did try out for like McGill, um, York, um, but it just ultimately like Humber was like the best option for me. Crazy man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, 10 to 10 to 22 at Humber, just grinding yeah. it out. I mean, it, it's, it's nice that it definitely served you in a positive. It sounds like hundred percent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when did you start? Obviously you said you played for live bands. Yeah. When did you start actually getting booked to, you know, play on set? Right. Um, it's hard to say like when I started like playing with different people. Um, my dad's actually a musician as well. 
Um, he doesn't do it like as a, as a full-time thing, but um, he went to the choir school in Toronto, the Toronto, Toronto choir, choir school. And uh, he's, he plays keys, he plays bass, he plays guitar. Um, so growing up, I used to jam with him a lot, like since I was four and up, or maybe even before that. Um, but I remember my first performance being with my dad when I was four years old on, that, on that drum kit. And uh, you could, uh, there's pictures and stuff, you can barely see me <laughs> behind that kit. Um, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. And I also shared the stage with my, uh, my godfather, who's a percussionist and producer as well, Nigel Pitt. And um, since then, like, always been performing, always been jamming with people. But I can't really pinpoint, like, when I started, I guess, getting booked to play with different bands, different people. Um, I would probably say, like, around maybe 12 or 13 years old, um, I used to actually, like, play in kind of, like, bars, almost, kind of underage. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, thankfully, you know, um, some of my dad's friends or people that my dad knew, um, my dad was always like, Hey man, I got my kid, like my kid, Isaiah, he plays drums. Maybe you can sit in at this bar or whatever. So I used to play at this bar called Piro's lounge. Um, when I was 12, 13 years old, just sitting in with older musicians, like 30, 40 years old. And, uh, I think maybe that was like the start of me kind of transitioning into playing with other people other than my dad. Right. How did that serve you being around other people farther along in their journey than you are in theirs? How did that kind of um, run off on you. Yeah, that was definitely like one of like the best things, um, in my life that has happened where I still learn from those, uh, those experiences playing with those people and ultimately like playing with those people super early, like in my life and in my career, my drumming career, um, basically translates to now where I still kind of play with some of those people. Um, since they've known me from a young age, they've referred me to other musicians in the city, other singers and stuff. Um, where, you know, throughout high school and then throughout Humber, um, I just kept on, you know, building my, I guess, career and, and rapport with, with people and, and musicians in the city, um, where a lot of gigs that I have now are just recommendation based, not even like going in and auditioning for bands and artists, um, or like wedding bands and stuff like that. So that kind of community of just going in and playing with people from a young age, has served me well for, for now where it's pretty much the same thing. Would you consider some of those people you're around? Um, did they play kind of a mentor role? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Some, some of those people that I played with early, um, were definitely mentors to me. Um, one person I can think of is a guy named Chris Rouse, um, an amazing keyboard singer. Um, he actually, I was actually in a band, um, a Prince tribute band back, uh, I think like 2016, 2017, maybe a little bit 2018, but uh, I hadn't played with him that much since I was like 12, 13 years old playing at Piro's Lounge with him. And uh, he just remembered me from when I was a kid and just, you know, seen me on Facebook or whatever, Instagram and stuff. And uh, he hit me up. He's like, hey, man, um, got this Prince tribute band going on. And uh, I got to sub in a couple times and then basically became the drummer for them for a bit. Um, so that's one person who's, who's really looked out for me from a young age. And there's, there's honestly, I can go on and on about people who've looked out for me, um, since like high school and stuff too, when I started to get a little bit better and stuff. For sure. I mean, it's definitely good. You kind of, you kind of came up like this. Mm-hmm. I remember I had a cousin, he actually, um, he got his own drum set too. Nice. I would hate going over to their house because <laughs> every time I went over to this house, this guy's banging drums oh, in the yeah. basement. It's loud, bro. Uh-huh. It's loud. I mean, but what, <laughs> did it come to any point where like your mother or your father, 
whoever was just like, yo, you got to stop for at least no. a couple minutes. I mean, I don't, I have like the worst memory from when I was a kid. Right. Me so, too. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if like any of that has ever, uh-huh. ever happened, but there were like, you know, I can't play after like a certain time mm-hmm. of night type thing. Um, you're just down there in like your basement, like yeah. going really quiet. <laughs> well, the, th- the thing is, um, in my old house where I used to live, we had like a music room. Right. So you walk into my front door and then you walk through a little hallway and then you turn left uh, into like this little area. You go up a couple stairs in this little area. It's called our music room. And it was pretty much like had the high ceilings and stuff. And that was actually where my drum kit was and like the whole, you know, musical right. instruments and everything <laughs> was. So literally you can like, when I practice when I was a kid, you can hear the drums from outside. Neighbors can hear me from across the street. Uh, you know, the whole house can hear me. So obviously I had like a cutoff time, but then I think in high school, um, I moved my drum kit downstairs. Houses around your house were definitely going for cheaper. Yeah. The, the word definitely went around. <laughs> there there might've been like one, one or two like uh, complaints where uh, someone knocked on the door and be like, Hey, it's kind of late. <laughs> That's sweet, man. Love it. Yeah. You know, now you're, you know, you're getting recommended for bookings. You're in like a, a solid, a solid place. I guess you would mm-hmm. say if you're getting recommended, people want you to play mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. Is there any time you could remember that you actually, you know, messed up on stage, maybe in like the beginning phase of performing? Oh man. See, it's my memory again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to say, like I try and honestly be prepared for every situation I go in, whether it's new or old or, you know, old people or new people that I met, um, in the music world. Um, oh, it's hard to say, man. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, you, I guess when you were like, it felt like you were performing from such a young age yeah. too. You don't really have maybe, I'm sure you had, uh, uh, a feeling of it, right. of that, of that time, first time stepping on stage, like yeah. a talent show type vibe where like, you got to perform. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, there's definitely like, nerves like right. when, I've, when I've played with like people for the first time. Um, but I always know in my head that I'm prepared. And if I do make a mistake, um, it's not because I wasn't prepared. It was maybe because I was nervous and I was thinking about something else, you know, going into this one section of a song. And then I was like, Oh crap. Like I forgot to do this. So it was like, and then I, you know, I talked about it. I talk about it with the band or whatever during a break or something like that. Um, I can actually remember, um, I went on my first, bus tour like a tour bus tour back in 2019 um with the band called with this band called the abrams um they're a country band it was my first time ever like playing country music which was which was awesome and um we went on this like two-week tour in america like across middle america and i remember the first show that we did i was probably like the most nervous like i've ever been we're in uh i think virginia or west virginia holy and uh i just remember being super super nervous um, and I don't like really like to get nervous often cause you know, it can mess up handshaking. Right. Like, I, need, I need all my <laughs> limbs, you know, I need all my limbs to play. So i just remember being super, super nervous. Um, I remember just like maybe forgetting a couple little things, um, during our set. And, uh, I just remember talking to the, the lead guys, um, after, and they're just, you know, telling me, you know, remember this, remember that. And I was like, I just knew in my head, I know I forgot, but it was just cause I was nervous. Next show shows after that all good. Damn, that is crazy thinking of it because when, you know, people do get nervous, they start getting shaky, yeah. maybe some anxiety and you got, mm-hmm. you really have to use your hands while you're kind of like yeah, going it, through it. It's tough, man. Like, I remember like even being a little nervous when I was a kid too, um, like playing in front of people um, and getting a little bit of stage fright, but ultimately like playing with my dad a lot, um, just playing out uh, with those, with those people from when I was a young age too, just helped me build that, you know, stage presence and not be kind of scared, I guess, going on stage. But 
there are still instances now where I'm just like, oh, this is like a pretty big gig or, you know, right. playing with new people, maybe for the first time where the music's a little bit harder. So I do, you know, I do get a little bit nervous, but since having a lot of those experiences, just calm myself down mentally. Right. It's very cool that you're um, willing to go play for a country band. I mean, yeah. the, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it shows you are down to play any type of music. That is like the one thing that I can say or one thing that I want to just get out there is just kind of be open to everything. And luckily from like a young age too, I keep going back from a young age because um, it's just helped me so much get to where I am now. Um, my mom, my dad, my family, like they've always played different genres of music all throughout you know my house and stuff um, my dad was always playing brazilian music jazz music um r&b uh even my mom like loves rock music and stuff like that so i was always like open to like playing any genre but i just haven't i just hadn't had the opportunity to play country um i don't like listen to country music at all or anything but um just from you know playing different genres and um just being open to doing that um this awesome friend of mine named Jeremy Kleinhans, uh, amazing drummer um, in the city, always touring and always traveling. He hit me up early January 2019 and was like, hey man, um, I'm going to need you to sub in for me for a country band uh, for like their second half of their tour. And uh, I was like, hey man, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> like I've never played country music in my life, but I know I might as well like start now. And it's a great opportunity, you know, going on that first bus tour and everything. And um, thankfully, you know, sat in very well played very well and um yeah i just like just keep telling people that are around me even like young um drummers that are at humber now that you know ask me for advice and stuff i'm just like hey be open to anything and everything right did you pl uh, start playing any other instruments um yeah i play a little bit of percussion um like congas bongos okay. um there's an instrument called a cajon which is like a box okay and you sit on top of it and you kind of play it like this um, so you get like your bass kind of sound lower and then like your like kind of snare sound at the top of the box. And uh, that's more that's for more like acoustic kind of vibes, um, like me and like a acoustic guitar player and a singer um, when we do like acoustic things and uh, a little bit of piano too, uh -huh. keyboard like in the studio. Interesting. Now, you're also a songwriter and um, producer and mm -hmm. on the producer side of things, I want to ask, do you um, use like a, a DAW? To yeah. create beats or yeah. sounds? So, uh, yeah, I use Logic right now, Logic Pro X. Um, I started off, my dad got me uh, Fruity Loops, FL Studio, right. back when I was like 13, 14. <laughs> so I started yeah. off on that. Um, and then I moved into, I got a Mac <clears throat> uh, laptop. And then, uh, yeah, just started using GarageBand. Then I bought Logic when I was in high school. And then just been using Logic since. Um, and I, I learned a little bit of Pro Tools at Humber College. We had to learn... Uh, Pro Tools. Um, that's a great DAW for like recording live music and stuff like that. Um, but I like using Logic. And is that how you make your beats? Like through the live music? You don't do you really like mess with the pre-recorded sounds or? Yeah, I, okay. I use pre-recorded sounds. Okay. Um, the funny thing is like, honestly, up until 2020, I had this weird like, I don't know, not perception, but I was just always trying to make things from scratch, like live or just kind of create something from scratch. No samples, no like getting chord progressions from this website or anything. And that really kind of hindered me in my music making where I just didn't like believe in that because coming from like a musician, um, coming from that like organic live feel, um, I didn't really like believe in, you know, making beats with like loops and all that kind of stuff. 
So I kind of like switched my mindset, thankfully, at the top of 2020, right before the pandemic. And um, I've started to add um, that uh, repertoire or that kind of stuff, you know, using samples, using loops into my beats and then, you know, creating my live feel or um, creating other things on top of like the loops that I found. So, right. You probably gained so much just from being able to, you know, produce everything organically before you kind of got into like fast tracking everything everywhere where kind of that's probably being done on a mainstream level today to a certain point. Obviously you have your people recording live sounds and stuff, but you know, it's, um, that's how the industry blew up in that way. You know, digital sounds, DAWs. Yeah. Did you ever produce an album? Um, I produced my own album, mm. um, which was an amazing experience. Um, so what is yeah, it called? It's called live life. Okay. Yeah. So live life. I put that out back in 2018. That's some time ago. It's a long Are time you, ago. Uh, yep. Is he working on another one? So again, beginning, of, <laughs> beginning of pandemic, uh, like right before a pandemic, I was really going hard on working on live life part two and then pandemic hit March, March, uh, 2020. Um, and then kind of put a stop to that kind of thing. Um, because so on my, on my first album, um, I collaborated with a bunch of singers, artists, um, a couple of rappers as well. And, uh, I do like kind of sing and stuff myself, but I try and leave my voice off things nowadays. <laughs> but, uh, for this like live life type project, um, it's all, it's all collaborations with artists and singers. So obviously I couldn't really do that cause I wanted to like really be in the studio with these, with these people. Um, but I am slowly kind of working on part two. Um, but 2018 live life part one was, was an amazing experience. Um, I did like a, a release party, like a release concert for it for my album, uh, down at the piston here in Toronto, which was amazing. Did a live show. Um, it was sold out, which was awesome. Bunch of people, a lot of family and friends came out, um, had a bunch of people on stage. Um, almost everybody on the album was, was on the, was on the gig as well. Um, but yeah, slowly working towards live life part two, hopefully next year. Right. When you, um, first released that album, yeah. what was kind of the networking game with artists? Because I'm sure you were probably already gaining a network of artists, but yep. to actually get them on the album. Um, and I also want to ask, did you songwrite for them on that album? Yeah. So each song was like a different experience. Um, there were seven songs on the album, but first I'll say like the networking part was a little bit easier um, because I was at music school and actually most of the people on the album were from, were like call or not colleagues, but friends of mine wow. at school. Um, so yeah, a lot, a lot of them went to, went to Humber with me and I got to collaborate them with them. And, uh, that album was actually part of my fourth year project at Humber in fourth year. You do like a 15 minute EP. So you do four studio sessions, um, two per semester and uh, you basically just got to write 15 minutes of music. Um, so I basically recorded four of the seven songs at Humber um, through my project and then just put it on the album. And then I had three songs outside of school that I was working on to make the album a whole as seven songs. Um, but yeah, no, like each, each song was different. Like a couple songs I had the hook written already. Um, pretty much every song I had all the music worked, worked out already. Um, but in terms of like the lyrics and melodies and all that kind of stuff with vocalists, um, I mostly collaborated with them on that. Right. And how, how does that process go? Did you, um, like want to put certain artists on a certain beat or whatever, and you kind of like made the lyrics or whatever for them in that way? Yeah. So, uh, 
yeah, uh, some of that happened. Like I had two songs with rappers on it. So obviously they, they did their own thing. They, they made up their lyrics and stuff, which is amazing. Um, shout out to Quincy and shout out to John Lutz. Um, they're on that album. And, uh, yeah, for, so for some songs, um, I actually like wrote the hooks themselves. Um, and then just presented it to the artists that I wanted on the singers that I wanted on that song. And, uh, basically from there, like if there was a verse that needed to be written or a couple verses, a bridge or whatever, um, we would kind of like collaborate on that. And then I think one or two songs maybe didn't even have a hook. Um, so then I would collaborate like pretty much on the whole song, uh, with them, like in a session. Now you mentioned like every song was kind of different in its own yeah. way. When you're, when you're creating an album, is there kind of different albums you can create? Like me personally, I like listening to albums start to finish. Obviously there's no other yeah. way to do it. If you yeah. listen to albums starting in the middle, you're weird. No, front, front to back, <laughs> front to back, yeah. front to back. <laughs> and I just like to feel kind of the progression throughout the album. But right. I've also heard the albums where, you know, it starts off somewhere and then the next song is totally completely different, which I mm. totally understand if that's the creative process you want to go right. for. But kind of like, what do you think makes most sense or does it matter? Um, there should be like a little bit of like a cohesiveness, um, within, I guess, like your theme of what you're maybe talking about, like in the lyrics, maybe, um, even like musically too, it's, it's, it's good to have a little bit of cohesiveness. Um, but you know, you can like, for instance, my, my album, um, there's a lot of kind of genre influences in there. Um, so there's a bit of kind of seventies, like soul ish type stuff. Um, a little bit of like, I would call like stadium rap rock, um, like Jay-Z type, like in the studio, uh, in the stadium, um, with like, you know, live, live band, but with like a rapper on top of it. Um, and then there's kind of like old school, like MJ Stevie wonder type vibes on there too. Um, but altogether it's still like kind of me, um, you know, through like maybe the chord progressions, um, through maybe like the themes of each song of like what I'm talking about. Um, so I like, I like having like a cohesive, uh, type of album or cohesive type of project where, you know, everything kind of means something, but in the same realm. Right. And I guess, you know, it does come down to the solely the person producing and how yeah. they connect with things. So I guess yeah. for the listeners, they might perceive thing in their own way. Exactly. And yeah. I guess when you're the one putting out the music, you don't really care what anyone thinks anyways. It's, yeah. it's <laughs> you know, you created it it's for you. It's yeah. how you felt in that moment in time. Yeah. And that's what made sense to you. Yeah. You got to love it, man. Like I always tell people like I'm working with a lot of like newer kind of artists now and uh, just people that are new to making music and putting out music. I'm just like, you got to love you got to love the song or love the project before you put it out. Um, and then, you know, you know, if there's people that critique it, that's all good, but you yourself has to love, have to love, you know, the work that you put into it. Right. Is there anyone you listen to coming up that inspired you? Maybe some older heads in the game, like within GTA or like just artists in general, artists in general. Yeah. Um, a lot of different influences. Uh, I love Michael Jackson. Um, listened to him a lot when I grew up. Um, I love Eric Badu, Sade. Um, I also love Drake. Drake's a big influence of mine, uh, within like, you know, making hip hop and uh, R and B kind of music. Um, I think those are like my four. I also love, you know, big up Justin Bieber. I love his music too. Ariana Grande, um, that kind of pop, that pop realm as well. Um, I really like, um, yeah, there's a bunch out there. Man. Oh, of like, course. I must say Justin Bieber. I, I hated on him for a while. Yep. I did not like his music. His last album, 
that's a bot. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, man, like Bieber is Bieber's a thing. He's a thing. Right. Bieber's right. awesome. I, I like I just went through this whole like epiphany. I was like, cause when he released that album, there was like a large segment of time before that where he just like was ghost. He didn't yeah. release anything, I'm pretty yeah. sure. And then when that came out, I was like, holy, this guy's truly talented. Yeah. Cause like I, obviously he was talented beforehand but yeah. i was stuck with the impression of like his older songs he made yeah. when he was like 13 14 like baby one time yeah, stuff yeah. of that nature it, it, was, it was tough to get into that you know as a kid and stuff um you know like his voice was high and all this kind of you know he's a guy got all the girls and everything um so it was it was like hard to to get into his music earlier but listening to it now like i you know amazing like musicality and just the music around like his vocals and stuff are, are awesome and then now he's just blossomed into an amazing like r&b pop hip-hop kind of dude right sometimes you gotta and obviously for me and anyone sometimes you gotta take a step back and not judge but actually look at someone else's progression yeah and that's huge i mean we all start somewhere we all finish somewhere yeah. we all we're all in the middle of somewhere yeah if you were to look back at your own progression what could you kind of say for it how far you've kind of came to up, up to this point um yeah i feel like there's always there's a lot more more to go um i would say like i didn't hope i didn't really like lose the last two years um hopefully people were able to gain something from the last two years um but i think right before the pandemic like i was about a year and a half out of school um and you know i was gigging and stuff 2019 was like a really really like busy year for me thankfully like traveling and everything and doing gigs outside of toronto and stuff like that and then also you know producing a lot more for people um so i feel like i really progressed right after school finished um in 2018 when i graduated from humber um but up until then like it was mostly school based so i was like always in school doing music and i was grateful enough to actually like do performances outside of school gig with people outside of school um so i think my progression from then like probably 12 13 um has progressed uh, really nicely and i've met a lot of people who i still play with today from when i was in high school and um and at humber and yeah i feel like there's a lot more room to grow. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about like the beginning of COVID and how that actually probably affected you. Cause you can't yeah. even go anywhere to perform yeah. at that point. So it was crazy. So what are you doing at that point? Yeah. So basically, um, I was basically just literally in my studio, um, every day when COVID hit. So I, I made a point to myself where we all knew all of us musician friends were like, we're not going to be playing anywhere for probably a long time. We know, we know, we don't know when we're going to come back to play in bars and travel again. Um, so actually right before COVID hit, um, thankfully my parents allowed me to convert our basement into like my bedroom and a home studio. So that's where my studio is now West end studios, um, where I do all my uh, stuff from all my uh, studio sessions and producing from. So right before COVID hit, um, the studio finished, uh, the basement finished. So, um, I was literally in there from the beginning of COVID probably until like June, 2020 every day, just working on, um, different things that I've always wanted to learn within like the realm of music producing. Um, so I made a point to myself to learn, uh, more and uh, like how to mix music. Um, just, you know, building up my sound library and stuff like that. Um, so I tried to learn that more, but I did the odd little, like, video performance here and there um during like that crazy time of beginning of covid 
Um, but yeah, I just wanted to just try and make sure I was, I was in my studio a lot because it was, it was new, right? It was a new thing. And I knew once COVID kind of not ends, but once we get to like a good um, place with it, like how we are now, hopefully, <laughs> um, I knew that my studio was going to open at some point. So I made sure to just put in my reps on, you know, learning how to mix, learning how to produce better and all that kind of stuff. Right. It was a blessing in disguise, man. I mean, yeah. it gave you really the opportunity to perfect every part of your craft. Yeah. And it's actually good to hear from you and everyone. It seems like a lot of people made, you know, some good moves for themselves during COVID. I mean, yeah. you see people out here making TikTok stuff of that nature. I mean, yep. people I know are starting to do it. I mean, it's really, it really opened the door to, you know, it's okay to be on your own and start like building yourself up. I mean, you don't yeah. need to really anything else and i feel like that's kind of what people were stuck to at a time like covid where maybe they felt like all they really had was themselves and what are you going to do now you know honestly like that was basically my game plan like i was really busy up until that point where i wasn't able to like really put my focus on the music production world um the mixing world of things and music so i was always drumming always rehearsing always learning new music for different artists always learning new music for like wedding gigs and stuff like that so it really gave me the time to put in my work, put in my reps every day in my studio um, into learning these new kind of things within music mixing, within music production. Um, And then later on, like 2021, I actually started to learn how to DJ. Okay. So for the last like year, um, I've been putting in my time to learn, learning how to DJ. And I've always been like kind of interested in, in DJing as well, but um, I finally like got a DJ controller uh, back February 2021, and then I've actually like had a few like gigs here and there with with DJing. So that was like my also my new like thing during COVID. Nice. Now besides banging the drums in your room and mm-hmm. stuff, pots and pans, <laughs> what's your other favorite part of kind of the the niche you're in? Is it the songwriting? Is it the DJing? Now, right. what what's the other part you just like totally can't put down? Man, um, I if, love. No, no, go, you go ahead. I was gonna say if you had to choose. I had to choose that. That's what I was trying to get in my head. I'm like, I don't know what to choose. Um, I think, I think making music, um, is my other, I guess, super, super love or super thing that that I love to do, um, other than drumming. So that's why I kind of like built my studio where I wake up, open the door, I'm in my studio and, you know, get creative. Right. If I don't get creative, go sit down, whatever, come back to the studio. Um, so I love making music. I love also like making music with people as well. Um, especially with like new, new kind of artists that are just fresh and, and ready to go. Um, so I think, yeah, just being creative, um, in the studio is probably my other like love. That's beautiful, man, yeah. man. I just want to say huge. Thank you for coming on the show. Yes, I mean, huge pleasure to have you and hear your story. Thanks. Man. One last question. If there's anything you could say, anything could leave with maybe someone coming up in the music industry or anything in general, could you just say that to the camera? Man, uh, I would just say keep at what you love to do, whether it's music, whether it's, I don't know, uh, counting, whether it's trying to go to law school. Like if you find something in you that's a passion of yours, um, be determined to do it. Be good to people. Be professional. That's honestly one thing I've learned as well at a young age is being a professional and being good to people, um, especially if they're good to you. So keep making friends, keep making peers because you never know where people are going to go. Um, that's one thing I learned going to Humber is like being friends with these people and, you know, not disrespecting them or dissing them on, you know, if they can sing or they can drum or play guitar. 
because you never know like they might hit you up down the line for a gig they might hit you up down the line to fly somewhere and play with them or something so always be good to people um you know follow your heart follow your passions and yeah just do it perfect that was that was perfect <laughs> ladies and gentlemen that is isaiah gibbons i'm going to link his album down below his socials go check out his drumming like for real this guy goes crazy on the drums i don't even know how his hands move that quick but <laughs> this guy's crazy it, it, it sounds amazing go check him out other than that every sunday 5 30 i will see you there we are out peace 